Welcome to Personal Finance Cat, where I share my personal take on personal finance. If you listen to my other episodes, you might have inferred that I'm not a stock gal. I only traded individual stocks when I was in college. I soon realized that I didn't have the patience or discipline to pick individual stocks and or hold stocks long term. In general, my philosophy is that if something appears easy, it means a lot of people can do it and therefore it is very competitive to be really good at it. Trading stocks compared to, let's say, investing in real estate or running a business seems much easier, which means it's harder to make money in it. But of course, there are people who are great at it, like Warren Buffett, but it's just one in literally billions of people. Investing in real estate in comparison seems hard. First of all, you need to have a certain minimal amount of capital, and if not, you need to get a partner who is willing to invest with you. Then you have to find a property that is a good buy. Then you may have to put in sweat equity to fix it up. And lastly, once you fix it up, you need to either sell or rent it, both of which still require more work. Even if you manage to do all of that, there is usually no quick win because prices don't go up or down for that matter drastically in a matter of days or months. The cycles are usually years. That's why not as many people would be willing to jump into real estate investing, especially the active type of real estate investing. On the flip side, the one factor that still makes real estate unique even today is its physical presence. In other words, while you can trade virtually any stock in any country, the best real estate deals are usually still local because you are more likely to find the needle in the haystack and build relationships with local agents, contractors, and other investors by adopting the hyper-local approach. Almost counterintuitively, because investing in real estate is seemingly hard, it has made so many millionaires over the last century and is still making more and more every day. Trading stocks in comparison seems easy, especially nowadays. With a phone that has Wi-Fi and a few hundred bucks, anybody can do it. But how many people do you know who have made millions with their own money and or time? All right, that's a long digression, but we're here to learn about mutual funds, index funds, and ETFs, all of which are mostly comprised of stocks. Despite the difference in opinion on which investment class is the best, almost all investors believe in diversification. That's why I want to learn more about these investment vehicles myself, even though I'm still mostly a real estate gal. As the saying goes, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You can diversify investment classes, i.e. real estate versus stocks versus gold, etc., etc. And within each investment class, you can diversify within that investment class. So mutual funds, index funds, and ETFs are all attempts at diversifying what stocks, bonds, and other assets to invest in. That's already better than investing in individual stocks. You can buy shares of these funds, which means owning a little piece of each of the assets in these funds. Number one, mutual funds. Let's start with mutual funds. According to investor.gov, a mutual fund is a company that pulls money from many investors and invests the money in securities such as stocks, bonds, and short-term debt. The combined holdings of the mutual fund are known as its portfolio. Investors buy shares in mutual funds. Each share represents an investor's part ownership in the fund and the income it generates. 
When you speak to your financial advisor, they would most likely recommend you to invest your retirement money in some sort of mutual funds. The advantages of mutual funds are a professional management, b diversification, c affordability, and d liquidity. Because most people are not trained in investing, it seems responsible to delegate this task to quote-unquote professionals. Mutual funds are professionally managed and therefore better than you doing it on your own. Makes sense, right? Well, history shows that these mutual funds do not outperform the market over the long run. If you do a quick search on Google on this topic, you will find many articles that talk about this. For example, a recent article in the New York Times affirmed this point again. Plus, mutual funds charge you a fee for the quote-unquote professional management. The fee typically ranges from 0.25% to 1.5% of your investment in the fund per year, regardless of the performance of the fund. Again, according to Investor.gov, even small differences in fees can mean large differences in returns over time. For example, if you invested $10,000 in a fund with a 10% annual return and annual fee of 1.5%, after 20 years, you would have roughly $49,725. If you invested in a fund with the same performance and fee of 0.5%, after 20 years, you would end up with $60,858, so roughly $10,000 more. Number two, index funds. Enter Jack Bogle, founder of the Vanguard Group, which introduced the first index fund, Vanguard 500 Index, to the general public in 1975. Bogle is perhaps most well known for his findings-slash-belief-slash-statement that fund managers usually don't outperform the market over the long run. So why not just track the market, keep the management costs low, and get the market return? Index funds were created for exactly this purpose, i.e. to track the market. In other words, an index fund is essentially a type of mutual fund that seeks to track the returns of a market index, for example, the S&P 500 index which tracks the performance of 500 large companies listed on stock exchanges in the United States. To this day, the Vanguard 500 Index Fund is still one of the best S&P 500 Index Funds, and Vanguard investments are among the best and favorite of mutual funds for the do-it-yourself crowd. Because index funds generally use a passive investing strategy, they usually charge a much lower fee. The Vanguard 500 Index Fund, for example, charges only a minimal 0.04% fee. Number three, ETFs. Lastly, let's talk about ETFs or exchange traded funds. Technically, ETFs are not mutual funds, but are very similar in the sense that ETFs offer investors a way to pull their money in a fund that makes investments in stocks, bonds, and other assets. And most ETFs trading in the marketplace are index-based ETFs. The key difference between index funds and ETFs is that ETFs can be traded throughout the trading session, much like a stock, while index fund trades are executed once the market closes. For this reason, Jack Bogle was never a fan of ETFs because he believed that ETFs facilitated trading, which tends to induce irrational behaviors and human errors. I hope I answer your question of what mutual funds, index funds, and ETFs are. It is honestly very helpful for me too, because although I heard the terms and had a general understanding of them, by doing some research to prepare for this episode, I learned more myself as well. 
I also hope that it helps you determine what to choose in your investing journey. Seems very obvious to me. Wink, wink. <coughs> Index funds. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Thank you.